Welcome to the Every Nation Taipei Podcast. We're here to help you know God, discover your purpose, grow in your relationships, and make a difference in Taipei, Taiwan, and beyond. We hope this message encourages you today. Happy Easter! Uh, my name is Bruce. I'm the, the pastor here. Uh, although, if you just come in the last couple of weeks, I have not been here because I've actually been uh, away in New Zealand with my wife. My wife is from New Zealand, and uh, we were there because her mother passed away. It was kind of a sudden thing. Um, she was having surgery, uh, but it was all expected. The doctor said it's a simple surgery. You know, it's you know really everything's going to be fine. And so we went. She flew down there for the surgery. And then uh, just complications after the surgery. I got a little text and saying, hey, you know, mom's having trouble. It's going to code red. And then a minute or two later, I got another text and said, mom's gone. And it was just a shock. Um, and cr- I cried on the phone with my wife, um, made arrangements to go down there, join her. Uh, she's been down there just helping take care uh, of things. And we did the funeral. And, um, you know, it's just something pa- processing all that goes on in that moment. Uh, and it was a tough moment. The family gathered, kind of they're spread all around different places. And so they gathered. But it was, even though it was tough, it was also good. And there's these moments when you're, as a family, just walking through that process. So many emotions, right, in, in, in a death moment like that that you walk through the process of first was just shock and then denial she can't be gone and then some anger and confusion and but it was and, and even through those tough times it's just good to go through it together as a family and uh, there was a, we even just drew closer together as a family through that moment and we're so thankful for so many of you that were praying with us and standing with us because i know my my wife and i um we just felt the prayers to be able to, to stand strong, to be able to be there with the family and minister to them even during this time and just strengthening each other. And so I want to thank you all for your prayers and just the, the outpouring of love that we felt during that time. And it taught me a lesson. It comes from um, really the, the wisest man in the world, uh, Solomon. And he says, Solomon says in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 2, you have the scripture there. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 2, it says, It's better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. After all, everyone dies, so the living should take this to heart. As you come into this may be a strange start for an Easter service, but you know there's no resurrection without a death. And so that's really the process of Easter is the impact of Easter comes because Jesus was crucified, because he died, because he was in the grave. And it's the resurrection response to death that what is what makes Easter so powerful. Because the truth is, like Solomon says here, we're all going to end up at that place. We're all going to end up at funerals. Most of us, a few. Hopefully, not, not, you know, ours will be the last one that we'll be at, right? But, but most of us will, will see friends die, family members die, and we'll walk through those moments. And there's something about walking through that process of facing our own humanity. That brings wisdom to our lives. The fact is, we're all actually in the process of dying. <laughs> you know, we, we lose, I think it's 50 to 100 hairs a day. Uh, I, I'm in the process of losing some of them, but I think some of them are, are trying to hide out 
and they pop up like in my ears and my nose and places I don't want them to be. Like, get back up there, you know. But, but yeah, the hairs, you know, 50 to 100 hairs a day that we lose. Uh, I think it's, uh, what, I forget what this is, 600,000 or something uh, skin cells that we lose every day. Most of the dust in your house is actually your skin cells, which is kind of gross to think about, you know. But that's truth. The truth is just our skin cells are dying off every day. Brain cells, what is it, 8,000 brain cells that we lose every day. And, and I, I can tell, you know, it's like, where'd that brain cell go? I don't have that memory anymore. You know, and I wish that happened to our fat cells. But fat cells, they last forever. They just never die. They just stay there. Medical fact, fat cells don't die. They just stick with you, you know. They're kind of like, they, they found the fountain youth or got saved or something, and they just don't die, right? They resurrect or... But the truth is that we're, we all will walk through moments of facing death. And every day we actually have a little bit uh, of dying. And today we're, we're going to look at what it means to, to die daily. And what it means to walk through this resurrection process. Easter is more than just a story. Easter is more than just pointing back and saying, what an amazing moment. But it's also something that we're meant to experience in our lives. And so how do we make Easter more than just something that we celebrate that happened in the past, a time to gather and have a meal together, a time to invite your friends to church kind of thing, or, or to, to, if you're like a, a lot of us in, 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 the, in the West, especially, you know, the twice a year, we come on, on Christmas and Easter, that's when we go to church. You know, and then if, you, if your mom's a Christian, you go on Mother's Day too. So, you know, <laughs> MCE Christians, Mother's Day, Christmas, and Easter. But Easter is actually meant to be a part of our lives an experience in our lives, a life-transforming truth that impacts us. Matthew chapter 10, verse 39 says this, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. In other words, when we learn how to lay down our lives or give up our lives, is actually when we learn how to live. And for most of us, we cling so strongly to the lives we want or the lives that we have that it cuts us off from being able to truly live and experience life as God intended it. I love that that's the, the quote from Braveheart, one of the, the great movies uh, for, anyway, of all time, I think. But, but Mel Gibson says, every man dies, not every man really lives. Because sometimes we're so afraid of death and so afraid of giving up the life that we know that we never experienced the life that we were intended to live. And this is a part of the Easter process that Jesus laid down his life so that then he could be resurrected from the dead and make a place for all of us to be able to live. See, all of us will face those times of tragedy, crisis, challenge in our lives. And the heart that we face those moments with will determine the outcome of those moments. And you don't want to waste those moments. You don't want to waste those funeral moments and bypass the wisdom and the growth and the depth that you could find in life by embracing those moments and drawing the wisdom and understanding of, out of it. And, and here's how we do that. Number one is we look to Jesus. So how did Jesus walk through Easter? As we studied what Jesus did through his death, burial, and resurrection, we find lessons to apply our own lives to walk through our death moments, our everyday lives. And Hebrews chapter 12, verse 
1 and 2 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Then let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. And so Jesus said, he's the author and finisher of our faith, and we look to him. He says, we look to him and we see how he endured the cross, despised the shame, and then came to that place of resurrection. Then we learn how to live that same kind of a life that Jesus did, Last, uh, just Friday night, we had what we called the, uh, a moment where we called the Stations of the Cross. And we came here on Good Friday and we just began to consider what happened on the cross. That Friday, Stations of the Cross. And, and, and it was a beautiful time. It was just a powerful time. It's the first time I've ever been in a service like that where we just kind of consider all the different things that Jesus went through on the cross and how does that apply to our lives? Because the Bible says we need to take up our cross if we're going to follow him. Jesus said it this way. He said, unless you take up your cross, you can't follow me. So welcome to Christianity. It's all about dying. <laughs> Happy Easter. <laughs> but Good Friday is a prerequisite to Easter, the celebration. And what we're going to do today is we're going to walk through the three days of Jesus' death. The Bible says that Jesus would die and he would be in the grave three days. And so what are these three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? How do we unpack the truths by looking at Jesus' life? How do we apply what he did to walk through his moment of challenge and pain and suffering? Because I know some of you here today, you're walking through times of pain, of suffering, of doubt, of confusion, of hurt. And how do we walk through those times, these past two weeks that I've been walking through and grieving uh, over, over my mother-in-law, so unexpected that she would pass. But as we look to Jesus, we begin to learn truths, and this is what was so powerful, even with uh, my, my, my wife's family, just sitting together and, and starting to see the wisdom of Jesus and the wisdom of Scripture and how it just helped us to not only just endure through the times of grieving, but really actually to grow and to draw closer through those times. And that's what will happen as, as we look through these scriptures here. So three days, it starts off with Friday. Friday is the day of pain and suffering. And all of us, we walk through days when we have pain and suffering. Anybody here experienced pain and suffering in their lives? Anybody get right now walking through pain and suffering? You haven't yet, you will, you know? But because all of us walk through times, it's part of living in a sin-broken world that we will walk through times of pain and suffering in our lives. This is the day of Jesus' crucifixion. And if you ever go through just a, a medical study of what it meant, what it looked like to go through crucifixion, and not just any crucifixion, but the way that Jesus was crucified, where he was beaten with a, that whip uh, that had a nine pieces of leather attached to it. And, and all those pieces of leather would be pieces of stone and metal and, and, and glass that would uh, rock, that would, would cut through the flesh. And 39 times his back was whipped with that. A crown of thorns thrust down on his head. Uh, the scripture talks about how they, the, the Roman soldiers pulled out his beard. And, and his, his, his body, his face was so uh, 
destroyed by the, the, the punishment that he took on the cross that you couldn't even recognize who he was. And that's, that's painful. I know even just sometimes when I shave, the, if, the, if the, the blade is not so sharp, you know, it's dull, pulls the hair, I think, well, that's painful. Imagine just him pulling out his beard, but then on his torn apart back, then he had to carry the cross himself to the place of his crucifixion. And then just the nails driven through his, the wrist and, and his ankles to, to, to put him on the cross. And then just the slow death, because the, the point of crucifixion wasn't death. The point of crucifixion was suffering and shame. And to warn everybody not to do whatever it is that you were being crucified for. And so Roman citizens themselves, they, they wouldn't allow a Roman citizen to be crucified because of such a horrendous death. You're stripped naked and then hung on a cross. And, and on that cross then, uh, as they pounded the nails through your wrists, um, you had to pull on those nails and the nails through your ankles, you had to pull on those nails in order to breathe because as you would sag down, the weight would stop you from breathing. And so actually the death on the cross was the death by suffocation when you could no longer pull yourself up to breathe any longer, you would eventually pass away. And so like with Je in Jesus' case, normally when they were crucified uh, on a Sabbath day, they had to be taken down off the cross for the Sabbath. And so they would normally just break their legs so that you could no longer hold themselves up and they would quickly die of suffocation. But in Jesus' case, by the time they, they came to him, he was already dead. And so just to be sure, they instead of breaking his bones, because actually the Bible said that none of his bones would be broken. And so the Roman soldiers themselves, un unknowingly, they fulfilled the prophecies about Jesus. And so he's already dead, let's just take a spear, and they thrust it through his side. And out of his side, the Bible says, came blood and water. Uh, for all the Bible scholars out there, you can dig into that. That's just a lot of wisdom to be unpacked from that. But, but so Jesus walked through a time of pain and suffering. And how do we walk through our times of pain and suffering. Because the point of it is not just to endure. It's I'm just gonna endure the pain and suffering. But the point of it is to learn and to embrace and to grow out of the times of pain and suffering by doing what Jesus did. That we would then walk through our moments in the same way that he did. And the two things that Jesus did, number one is he, he reached out to his friends. His closest friends, he brought them with him in that moment of, of deep pain and suffering. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 to 39 says this. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. So Jesus gathered his friends. He took Peter, Zebedee, Zebedee's two sons, James and John. And these are the three of his disciples who were closest to him. Everywhere he went, he would pull these three guys with him. He says that he took them with him and then he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. And so we see that, that Jesus, when the Roman soldiers went to, to go and to, 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 to break his legs in order to, to end his life, they saw he was already dead. Because what, what, what happened was that the, the medical scientists will tell you when they thrust the spear in his side and out of it came blood and water, it was a sign of a ruptured heart. And so as we read this, it says, souls crushed with grief to the point of death. We really believe Jesus, his heart was broken for you and I. And it was the grief that he bore in dying for your, your sins and mine. The weight of sin, the weight of death, the weight of that pain that we walk through in those moments, Jesus bore that for all of us. And so he's, he's, this grief is 
is, is crushing him. And he says, stay here and keep watch with me. Verse 39 says, he went on a little farther and bowed his head face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible that this cup of suffering be taken away from me, yet I want your will be done, not mine. And so, so Jesus here, he gathers his friends. And if Jesus, the son of God, in his moment of grief and suffering needed friends, how much more you and I, we need close friends. We need those that we walk through life and share life with, those that we're, we're used to talking, not just getting depressed together. Because it's interesting, as we gather it as, as family, they're walking, walking through the grief and the shock and the anger, uh, that, the emotions that flow after a death like that of, of a loved one. There's times when you could just feel the, the, the whole atmosphere of the room just going down, down, down as, as we just got on the negative side of things. And then we just have to bring ourselves back to encouraging each other, to, to walk through those moments of, of grief, to share them, but not to get stuck in them, to share our grief and our anger, but not to let it turn into rage or disbelief or depression. And there's a health in that as we share with each other. There's those who walk with you in those moments, don't stop you from the process, but walk with you through the process and gently help you out of it. And they have to be those who, who really know you, that you trust, that love you, that are willing to go through the junk with you and then know how to, to help you rise up. And that's the reason why we, we do small groups in our church, what we call connect groups. It's that you have a group of folks that you're walking through life with who, who meet week, every week or every other week and, and just come together and just talk about our weeks. We talk about our days and we talk about how do the promises of God help me where, with what I'm walking through right now. How does the word of God help me in that? And so I want to encourage you, if you're not in a connect group, if you're not in a small group, you're missing out. And next Sunday, we're going we're gonna to start this uh, series called the Red Letter Challenge. And it's, it's a series where we just walk through the words of Jesus and how he encouraged us to live. And, and, and we want to encourage everybody uh, in the church, everybody in the congregation, even if you're not a part of the congregation, you're, invite, you're, you're invited to join in these groups as we just look at the words of Jesus and talk about them and say, how do we, how do we apply these to our lives? And, and we're so serious about that, that what we're going to do is every Wednesday and Thursday night, we're going to open up this space here. And so if you're not in a connect group yet, you can just come here and just join in with the groups so every Wednesday, Thursday night for the next six weeks. We'll just be gathering here. And you can learn what it is and, and how it how it works to so just get with a, a group of believers and begin to open up and share your life around the scriptures and, and, and to apply scriptures to our lives. And you're going to find it's, a, it's just a wonderful experience to walk through that together. So I encourage you to, to stay tuned. Uh, beginning next Sunday, we're we'll, we'll going to do these, this red letter challenge that was series that we're going through. And we're, we're as a whole church, we're all going to be um, preaching on the same thing and then discussing the thing, same thing that what we preached on on Sunday, we'll be discussing during the week. Uh, we'll have little uh, lessons that we go through. And so just encourage you to get a, be a part of that. It's going to be a, an amazing time for us as a church. The second thing that Jesus did was he reached out to God in prayer. Mark chapter 14, verse 35 and 36 says, he went a little further, just talking about that same moment as Jesus was praying with Peter, James, and John. He went a little further, fell to the, to the ground, prayed that if it were possible, the hour awaiting him might pass by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done and not mine. And I love this prayer that, that, that the Bible that Mark records here because it teaches us how to pray in our moments of pain, 
In our moments when we just don't understand, when there's shock and there's grief and there's doubt that's running through our minds, there's anger uh, with God and there's doubt towards God. This is simply how we pray. Abba, Father, and I love that Abba. That, that Abba is just a, it's a little childlike word. It's like Papa. It's like Daddy. It's like the first word that Hebrew children would, would say is Abba. And so this Abba Father, it's not with high sounding, you know, religious words, but it's just come to Daddy God and just say, God, Papa, Dad, I'm, I'm hurting. It's what little kids do when, when they fall down. They look for Mom and Dad and they just write, and Mom, Dad, and they just cry. That's all God is saying. It's just come to me like a child, a hurting child, come to your father. This is what Jesus did. This is how Jesus, the son of God, approached his father in prayer in the moment of his pain and grief. And three simple things from this prayer. He says, number one, everything is possible for you. So it's just good to start by honoring God and just recognizing who God is because in those moments, it's easy to forget. And we have to remind ourselves, God, everything is possible to you. You, you have all power. We want to honor you, acknowledge God's power, and then be honest, express your hearts. Let's go back to that scripture. Um, he says, please take this cup of suffering away from me and just be honest with God about your pain. Just be honest with God about your emotions. It is okay to be angry with God. It is okay to doubt God. It is okay to share with God your grief and your confusion. All of that's okay to walk with God God walks with us through our moments of grief. The Bible says about Jesus, he was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. He knows, he understands, and he will walk with you through it. So just be honest with God. And, and then the last thing is just this surrender. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. And so the three things that we pray, the three things that, that Jesus prayed as, as he uh, came to the Lord in this moment, he, he number one, he just honored God, just right, remembered who God is. And he was honest, and just blurt it, let's let God know what was really on his heart. Let God know your desires. And when we talk to, to God and say, God, we wish, I wish my mother-in-law could come back. We wish she was still here. We don't understand why you took her. But then we always got to come back to the place, okay, God, I, I trust you. We're going to obey you. We're going to trust that you know what is best. We're going to trust that, that you understand. And then after the, the pain comes Saturday, you know, and I always wonder, why do we have, why couldn't Jesus just have died and then he immediately rose from the dead? Why did he have to wait all day Saturday? Because that's the day of our doubt and confusion. And all of us walk through times of doubt and confusion in our lives when it seems like God's just not listening. He's not there. He's not doing what we say. He's not speaking back to us. Nothing's happening. None of the promises of God seem to be coming to pass. All the stuff that we've learned as Christians, we just think, wow, it just doesn't seem like it's working out. So Saturday is that day of, it's the day of doubt and confusion. Mark chapter 14, verse 50 says this. It says, and all his disciples deserted him and they all ran away. Say, so seeing Jesus die on the cross, they had all deserted him. And so they're sitting there now to, after Jesus has died, they saw Jesus die. This Jesus that they saw raise people from the dead, heal blind eyes, do amazing miracles. And now they've seen him die, not just a normal death, but a horrendous death thinking, wondering, isn't he the Messiah? Couldn't he at any time call angels, call Father God to come and deliver him at any point in all that shame of being stripped and, and beaten and, and mocked and crucified? At any moment, the father, if God was really his father, if that was my son, I would have totally reached out. 
and moved on his behalf. So, so now I'm just confused. And not only that, but I, de- I deserted him in his moment of need. So now I have this guilt and shame in my own life. And all of us in moments of grief, we walk through that same kind of guilt. What could I have done? What, what would we have done differently? And the disciples were just the same, walking through moments anger and grief and confusion. So what did Jesus do? John chapter 16, verse 20, Jesus trusted the promises of God. I tell you the truth. This is before Jesus died. He said, I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. So Jesus is saying, my promise is that joy is going to come. Acts chapter 13, verse 34. For God had promised to raise Jesus from the dead, not leaving him to rot in the grave. He said, I will give you the sacred blessing I promised to David. That God, his body would not see decay, but God would raise him from the dead. And Jesus trusted the promises of God. In those times, you know, it's easy to doubt God. And like as we were walking through this, this moment with, with my in-laws, there are times I never doubted that who God was. I never doubted that God existed. I never doubted that God was all-powerful. But I did doubt. And we did have times when we doubt, is, but is, is God really wise? Is he, really, is he really doing the right thing? Is he making the right choice here? It doesn't seem right. I doubted God's empathy. Does God really understand our feelings? Does God really understand the, 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 the ramifications of what he's done here or not done? And we have those moments of doubt with God. And I think, you know, does, is God going to judge us for it? Let me tell you, God's not going to judge you for those moments of doubt. Any more than a parent. How, how many of you have seen a kid? I, I, I don't have kids, but I've been around parents enough to know that sometimes... Kids, they don't doubt that their parent exists. They don't doubt that they have the power, but they do doubt the wisdom of their parents. And they do doubt the empathy. You don't understand, right? You don't know, right? How much more we, the God of the universe, we doubt because we don't understand. The parent says, you know, eventually, someday, 20 years from now, you'll understand. And God says, you'll understand. It's going to be okay. And God loves us through the whole time. And it's all right. It's okay sometimes when we doubt God, we don't understand God, we walk through those moments. Here's some promises for you. Because what Jesus did was he held on to the promise. Lord, I know that you promised that you will raise me from the dead. He, knew, he told his disciples, the time will come, you'll grieve, but then the grief will end. And for you and I, when we walk through our times of doubt and confusion, we need to also hold on to the promises of God that God will do what we cannot do. Jesus could not raise himself from the dead, but he trusted that the Father would raise him from the dead. And we too need to come to that place of, in those times of doubt and confusion, just saying, what are the promises of God? That's why we read the Bible together. We we read the Bible together as a church because if we don't know the promises of God, how can we trust the promises of God? And so what we want to do is learn the promises of God by reading the scripture so that when times of doubt and confusion come, we can trust the promise over the circumstance, over our doubt and confusion. Isaiah 43 verse 2 says, When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not 
drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. A couple days ago, we read through Romans chapter 8, and I love this passage here. It says, No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. What an amazing promise. That even in the times when I feel unloved, when I feel misunderstood, when I feel abandoned and rejected, I can know, I, I hang on to the promise that God, nothing will ever separate me from God's love. Even when I don't know, even when I think, God, you don't understand. God's love for me never changes. As a good parent, God never abandons me, even in the moments when I reject him. Scripture goes on to say in, in the next verse, it says, neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Last verse. And one more there. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's God's love for us. We, we need to know this promise so that in the moments that we feel unloved, we hold on to God's promise so that we get to Sunday, the day of resurrection, the day of joy and rejoicing when the grief goes away because that day will come. God will bring you to that moment when his love for you will not be restored. It's always been there, but you will once again feel God's love. You'll once again recognize his love. That relationship will be restored that you felt like went away and you'll recognize it all through that time like a loving parent. God was always loving you, always doing what was best for you. That everything you walked through was out of his love for you. We live in a sin-broken world and there will be sin-broken times in our lives. We will walk through pain. We will walk through confusion and doubt and suffering because we live in a sin-broken world. But God will bring us through. None, none of those things will separate us from his love for us. And so what did Jesus do in that, that moment? What brought him to that day of joy? We rely on the power of God. Acts chapter 10, verse 40. God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear. God wants us to experience that same power that raised Jesus from the dead and allowed him then to walk on earth having risen from the dead. And the Bible says hundreds of people saw Jesus walk the earth. And that's why when the church was birthed on the day of Pentecost, thousands came to believe. Why? Because rumors had spread. Jerusalem was not a large city, maybe 250,000 people. And the Bible says that Jesus, at just one of the moments he appeared, 500 people at one time saw him. So that rumor spread and then when people started to explain this, let me show you from the scriptures that you already know what happened here. The hearts were turned and thousands committed their lives to Christ. As we receive and acknowledge the power of God in our lives, then we, our lives begin to change and we become then a, a, a minister of God's love to others. John eleven twenty five says this, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. In other words, as you give of your life day by day, as you lay your life down, you're going to find life. 
as you trust God and believe Him. We experience the power of God by receiving His love for us. And this is the love of God in John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. And, and we can encourage each other. It was such an encouragement for us as a family knowing that my mother-in-law was a devout woman who loved God. And we know that she is now with the Lord. That her body is whole. That there's no more pain and suffering. And that she is with the God she loves and waiting for us to come and join with her there in that place. Eternal life. That's what Jesus' death, the shedding of his blood did for us. His death on the cross broke the power of sin so that you and I, our sin would not condemn us to eternal death, but we through the, the sacrifice of Jesus, and when we receive his love, his death on the cross, trust that, then we allow the power of God to transform our lives and free us from sin. First John chapter 4, verse 10 says this, This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. This is what love truly is. All respect to Whitney Houston, but the greatest love of all is not loving ourselves. But true love was Jesus coming laying down his life for us. And it's just us receiving that love that unleashes the power of God in our lives to transform us and our lives are forever changed. And it's simple to receive the love of God. We simply make a commitment to say, Jesus, I'm so thankful for your love for me, that you accept me as I am, that through your death on the cross, all of my sins are forgiven. You no longer hold my sins against me. You forgive me of my sins because of your great love and your, the sacrifice, the death of your son on the cross. And what that is, is it's simply, it's, it's like marriage. You know, there's a wedding day. Every married couple goes through a wedding day and that wedding day is the day that we commit ourselves. We commit to each other. We make a promise to love each other and to forgive each other and to say, I know you're perfect. I know that we'll have fights. I know that we'll mess up, but I'm committing to love you for the rest of my life. And as we say these words, it's a moment where we enter into a different relationship. And, and, and that day, everything changes. In fact, the reason why my wife was able to come and live with me here in Taiwan was because of that day. Because we had that day, we made those promises, we signed a, a contract, and Taiwan said, okay, then she can come and live with you. Otherwise, no visa for her. I, but what if I really like her? Well, no. Are you guys married, legally married? No, then no. But we, we live together, we really like each other. Uh, sorry. So there's, a legal, there's a legal moment that changes the relationship. And that's what that's what salvation is. It's changing our relationship with God, a legal moment. Where we just say, we, 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 the, the Bible says, here's how you do it. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Why? Because the scripture says, for it's by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So in the same way that we go through a, a wedding ceremony and we declare our vows and we sign a contract, the word by the words of our mouth and, and the, the attitude, the, the love in our hearts, we're married. 
And it's the same thing with God. It's by believing in Jesus and confessing with our mouths that we enter into this relationship with him. And I just want to give a moment right now before we uh, finish out the service to, to just, if you've never committed your life to Christ, that th this is the time. This is a moment for you. And I, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to say a, a simple prayer. And I encourage you to, 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 to just to agree with that prayer. The Bible says, by declaring with our mouths and believing in our hearts. So if in your heart you believe, yeah, you know, I, I want this love. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe that Jesus loved me so much that he died for me. I believe that God loved me so much that he sent Jesus for me. And I'm just going to declare that with my mouth. And, and you can do that in a number of ways. As I pray this prayer, you can just silently repeat it after me. You can, you can just repeat the prayer. Or you can just say amen at the end. Or, or just, I, I believe God knows the words of our hearts. And so I'm just going to, if we all just bow our heads. Let's get a simple prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, Thank you for dying for on the cross for me. And Father God, thank you for sending Jesus and raising him from the dead, what we celebrate on Easter. And I want, I, I want to commit my life to him in the same way that he committed his life to me. I want to receive this gift of love that you gave me, that I might know your love. And I want to love you in return. In Jesus' name we pray. And if you agree with that prayer, if, 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 that, if that really reflected what's in your heart, then you just simply say amen with, with me. All God's people said, amen. Amen. That's what it means to receive the love of God. It's like a wedding day. And that's the first time that you've prayed that prayer. If you prayed that prayer and, and, and you amen that you meant that in your heart, then the Bible says you are saved. That Christ now has committed, Christ already committed himself to you. And you've just responded back to him. He's already said, I do. I was just waiting for our I do. And it's like you just said, I do. But after the wedding day comes the marriage. That's always fun. Because after we receive the love of God, then there's a moment when we now, we need to live out a life where we share the love of God. Just like my wife and I, we didn't just do our marriage vows and then went our separate ways. We now have a life together where we share that love. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 says this, We know that real love, what real love is, because Jesus gave up his life for us, so we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. John 15, 13 says, There's, greater, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And so from here, if, if, if we've committed our lives to Christ, then it's upon us now to go and share that love with others so that others can experience the love of God and, and learn about the love of God through our demonstration of His love. See, this is, this is what it means actually to, when the Bible talks about laying down our lives, what it means is to live our lives sacrificially in the same way that Jesus loved us so much. God the Father loved us so much that He sent Jesus. Jesus loved us so much that He was willing to die for us. Now we have to be willing to die for others. And there may be very few of us face a moment when we have a gun to our head and say, do you love this person or not? If you, and if you love them, I'm going to shoot you and to give our lives for someone else. But all of us, every day, in simple ways, 
we can make a sacrifice. And it might be just a sacrifice of being nice to someone, of welcoming someone that no one else would welcome, of giving a hug to someone no one else would give a hug to, of saying something nice to someone that no one else would have, doing some sacrificial act of kindness or service to help others. This is the life that God calls us to now to, to lay down our lives day to day and to share what Jesus did for us Maybe we won't have the grand moment of being crucified, but we have the little moments every day. And if you really want to experience life, this is, this is where life lies. So many times as, we, as I gathered with my in-laws and we sat around just thinking about, I wish I had, I wish I had told mom, I love you more often. I wish I had spent more time, done more phone calls, done more video calls. I, I wish I had, I wish I, the, the, the regrets of the moments that we could have loved better. But what God really calls us to do is not wait till the grieving moment to regret, but to live now and take advantage of the people that are around us now. That you have the opportunity to love. And it may cost us a little bit of sacrifice on our parts, time, energy, focus. Maybe sometimes some financers or some of our goods. But can we love a little more? Be a little more loving. The Bible says it starts right here in the church with our brothers and sisters. Because if we don't know how to love ourselves, how can we love people outside? So just taking the time. That's why we do these, these small groups. Just gather together to take the time to share love with one another. Closing little quote from Harriet Beecher Stowe. She said, the bitterest tears shed over graves are for words left unsaid and for deeds left undone. I want to encourage you, let's not be a people who live with regret, but let's be a people who receive the love of God and the power of God to set us free from sin and then take that love and take the time to lay down our lives in loving others. Amen. I want to just do a, a, a quick moment. If it, we, we always love to just pray for people. If, if you have hurts and needs in your life, and, and we just wanted to, if, if you would stand with us, we, we're going to just close this section of the service in prayer. And then we have a couple other goodies before we go to, to, to lunch here in, in a few minutes. But the Bible says when Jesus was walking through his moment of pain and suffering, that he gathered his friends and he went to prayer. And today, if you're walking through a time of pain and suffering, we, we want to pray with you. Father, you know each one here. You know those who are walking through their Friday, their moment of pain and suffering. Father, we just pray that in this moment right now, your Holy Spirit would come alongside them to minister comfort, peace. You know, others who are walking through the Saturday of just doubt, confusion, wondering where you were, where you are, wondering why things went the way they did, wondering what to do next. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will come to them as well and just bring wisdom, clarity. 
guidance in our lives. And for those, Lord God, who are just in that moment when it's, it's the, the breakthrough is about to come, Lord, I pray that you, you would remind us of your promises and that we would surrender to your power. Just allow your love to flow through our lives and, and to bring about resurrection and renewal that, Father God, you would make all things better than before. Because when you bring new life, God, is always better than before. So, Father, may, may they experience now your love, your power, making all things better than before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray this message spoke to you and built your faith. For more messages like this, visit our website at everynationtaipei.com. You can also send a prayer request and reach out to us anytime. God bless you. Till next time.